The song you will hear in the following episode is the iphonic remix of This City by Patrick Stump and Lupe Fiasco. Copyright 2011 by Sony ATV Publishing. All Cleveland Browns highlights that appear in this episode appear courtesy of the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Mayfield underneath center, and on first down, a little toss sweep goes to Chubb, and on an end around, they give it to Landry, and he's going to fire down the field into the end zone, touchdown, Odell Beckham Jr. Around the horn they went, it went from Mayfield to Chubb to Landry, and the old Southpaw fired it down to OBJ in the end zone, his sixth career touchdown against the Cowboys. the star at the 50-yard line with Kareem Hunt, the lone back in the backfield. Three receivers tight off the line to the right. Beckham to the left. Here's Mayfield on a reverse. They're going to give it to Beckham. He's rolling to the right and running. He's up to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, 35, 30. There he goes to the 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! OBJ! He's got a hat trick! What a gutsy call! That's my town where they show you love if they seen you around. All of my dogs up in the dog pound, man. I love my tribe, my calves, my brown. That's my heart. And That's welcome back to a, another episode of the Feeling Dangerous podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach DeFranco. And we are we're back sooner than we usually are, and we're happy about it. Um, we got some news to cover. Um, first, I want to start with the uh, introductions. Tyler Johnson, how you doing tonight, man? Hey man, doing good. We're about a week away from the NFL draft. Uh, very exciting yep. time, and obviously, like you mentioned, we are back earlier because we have some very important new, uh, news that we have to discuss tonight. Yes, we do. We'll get to that in one second. But Peter Nab, my man, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Oh, you know, you know, we're here. We're recording. I mean, we might even be able to get two episodes out this week. I mean, if, if the news keeps picking up like it's been. Uh, I mean, a lot of stuff going on right now, but with the defensive tackle position, the Browns have cut Sheldon Richardson. So, Tyler, what are your thoughts on this, man? I, I know it's good to save some cap space, but how do you feel about this? I know it's a sore spot with a lot of fans right now. It's It was a sore spot for me at first. I can definitely understand why they did it. Again, it saves them $11 million in cap space at this point, which is good. The Browns have about $20 million in cap right now. So... I think that part looks really good on paper. As far as Sheldon Richardson, you have Andrew Billings, you have Malik Jackson. I think maybe then once they sign Clowney and they've talked about obviously moving him inside, that made Sheldon Richardson more expendable because of his huge cap hit. What Mm -hmm. I'm guessing happened, and we have no inside sources that are telling us this, is that the Browns came to Sheldon Richardson and asked him to restructure his contract. He declined, and so they cut him. So do you think that Sheldon Richardson thinks that he can just test the market and get more than what the Browns want him to take? I don't know if I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I don't know again how much of a pay cut we were asking him to take. There also Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com also talked about that he could come back to the Browns um, yeah, after he yeah, does yeah, test I saw the market. That. So I mean that it, it was definitely a shock. I mean, I know he was one of the ones that we saw uh, the name going around that he was one of the ones that the Browns were going to probably try to restructure, and I thought he was going to. I just thought he would to stay here. Because, I mean, he even put on his Instagram post, it was just beginning to feel like home. So I wonder what happened behind the scenes that he didn't do it. Maybe he was a little upset with the moves we made on the defensive line this offseason. But, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot that goes into that, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And again, maybe he does come back to the Browns. We don't really know what's going to happen. I will say when it comes to defensive tackle, 
and I saw Ian Rappaport actually tweet something out about this today. Talent evaluators and scouts have said this is like one of the worst years to need a defensive tackle in the draft because there's yeah. just not a lot of talent there. Yeah, and that's why, I mean, if the Browns do even look at one, I, I would say probably later on in the draft we'll, we'll look at someone for just a rotational piece. Did you Have you been following this news at all? How do you feel about Sheldon Richardson being cut? Well, I was a little surprised. I was a little surprised by it. I, I mean, I was surprised by it on one hand. On one hand, but on the other hand, I have to remember that that even though the team is looking, you know, obviously the team is looking very positive in many respects. The team is still owned by the Haslam's, and so the Haslam's making cap, you know, making cap space is not a surprise. Mm-hmm. So, in one sense, I was surprised. In another sense. I wasn't because um, we're 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 used to this team uh, making uh, cab space. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's how I kind of felt about it. I I felt kind of surprised because on one hand it doesn't really it doesn't really j- jive with the image of you know of what of what the Browns are now, and on the other hand they're still owned by the Haslam's and they love to make cab space. So <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, yeah, and I mean. I mean, who do you guys think replaces Richardson? I, I think with, you know, everyone we have coming back, we have Billings coming back. We have Jordan Elliott, as you said, Tyler. And I mean, even Jadavian Clowney playing on the inside. We have a lot of a lot of room still on the defensive line. I know a lot of people are saying we aren't better after this move, and I completely agree with that. But so who do you think is going to have to step up this year to really replace what Richardson brought to the table and Ogan Joby too? Because don't forget, we lost him to the Bengals as well. Jordan Elliott is the guy that immediately comes to my mind. He's going to have to pick up his production, and it's obvious that the Browns must believe in him. I mean, big time. I didn't really see a whole lot of him last year um, as far as him producing to a very significant rate. I will say he probably didn't play a whole lot last year, Um, and when he did, I think he even had a couple injury issues. But Jordan Elliott's the first name that really comes to my mind. Outside of him, obviously, Andrew Billings is now the guy on the defensive line. And with him sitting out last year, I'm really curious to see um, how he looks this season. I mean, you sat out an entire season. And so I really hope he comes in ready to go. And I, I really like Andrew Billings. I thought he was a solid ad. But now he's the main guy. And obviously we signed Malik Jackson. And I firmly believe Clowney's going to play inside a lot a lot more than maybe we even realize at this point. And that's why maybe they felt okay doing this deal as well. The rollover cap that we can have from this too. You know, do, do you possibly – you guys both see a big move coming? Do you see maybe a contract extension for someone that the fans are going to be like, okay, now we see why Andrew Barry made this decision. He has he has not steered us wrong once in, the, in his first two off-seasons as the Browns GM. Yeah, and I think I don't necessarily know that a move is coming right now, but let's say a disgruntled player want, demands a trade. Um Let's, for instance, go Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore demands a trade publicly. Maybe then Andrew Barry calls up New England and makes an offer at that point. I think it's more about having the flexibility to make a move if a guy becomes available that can really help the Browns. But I think it's also looking forward to the possible contract extensions coming up. And I think if one gets done this offseason at this point, it'll be Nick Chubb. And yep. because Nick Chubb doesn't have that fifth year option available, I think the Browns are going to try and uh, get a deal with Chubb done this offseason. I don't think yep. Baker Mayfield they will. They're going to pick up Baker's op- fifth year option and probably discuss the framework t- for a potential deal. But Nick Chubb's the guy I feel like they're going to lock up this offseason. Yeah, and that would be so huge because a lot of fans are worried that he's going to be the guy that's out the door, you know? So. Mm-hmm. That would be so huge. Pete, how do you feel, man? Do you, do you see possibly this could be a move to clear up that cap space to keep Chubb and Baker as the duo for a few more years to come? So I think this team needs to recognize this organization is in a is in a spot that they haven't really been, um, you know, the last 22, you know, 22 years at this yeah. point, which is which is they have. They they have a solid um, a solid duet, you know, for the for the for the future on offense, and that has to be and financially that has to be the, uh, one of their one of their main uh, concerns moving forward. I mean, we're so used to finding a new quarterback every single April, you know. Um, yeah. And and now 
fans are probably going to see some moves on, you know, a, a move like this on defense and wonder, hey, what's going on? But then it's like, wait a second, we actually have our franchise quarterback, and how are we going? You know, how are we going to satisfy them financially moving forward mm-hmm. as well? So, yeah, we have we have a lot of extensions coming up that the Browns have to satisfy when it comes to Ward, uh, Chubb, Baker. And with with all of that, that can segue right into the next topic um, with draft talk. Because like you said, Pete, we don't got to go quarterback, man. So, Tyler, I mean, if you want to take it away from here, what do you think is the Browns' most pot, like logical target in the draft at 26 right now? I think right now it's definitely cornerback. Unless the Browns add a veteran corner before the draft, if they do that, it will be best player available at any mm-hmm. position at that point. And I think that's very important to add a cornerback, even if, like, let's say we do sign a Casey Hayward. We're going to project that at this point. Still draft a guy at 26. I think you need to do that because whatever veteran you're bringing in here, it's probably on a one-year deal and two at the most. So you're going to have to bring in some young guys here, especially in the cornerback room. I think that's just very important to do. Uh, Another position that I really see them addressing very early is defensive end. Even though we signed Clowney, um, and Tack McKinley, those are one-year deals. And I think defensive end, they could easily go defensive end at 26. Some people have said, let's rule that out. I wouldn't at all. I think cornerback or defensive end right now, unless they sign a veteran cornerback, then best player available. Yeah, I totally agree, man. I mean, do you think the Browns could possibly trade up? I, I think they could look to trade up, but I just – Again, I think the cost would be too much. Um, I heard today that the Dolphins are looking to trade. Well, they're listing the um, teams calling about the number six pick in the draft. Man, I'd love to somehow go up there and get uh, Patrick Sertain Jr., cornerback out of Alabama, or J.C. Horn. But the Browns aren't going to pay a future first-round pick to move up that high which is what it would take, especially to move up from number 26. I'd love to see the Browns trade up, even if it's into the mid-20s. If there's a cornerback that you believe you're able to get or a defensive end, whoever it might be at that point. I just wouldn't trade up if it's for defensive tackle Christian Barmore out of Alabama because when you watch him play, he does have a bunch of moments where he looks really good, but he's also a really young guy, and he just looks really raw. And I think the Browns need someone right now who could come in and hopefully contribute this year. And I just don't see him as one of those guys. So if they do trade up, I hope he's not the guy they're targeting. Yeah. Is, is he a name that's kind of floating around or something? He He's a name. He's the top defensive tackle in the draft by okay. majority of um, draft experts out there. And so I, I just have a feeling people are linking him to the Browns. Not the Browns have cut Sheldon Richardson. And I really oh. hope that's not the case. Up, up to this point, but I also have seen where he goes very, like he'll go in the mid-teens to where I just I, don't see, I don't like trading up to get a defensive tackle. Yeah, yeah, and I don't necessarily think the reason why Andrew Barry, you know, cut the contract of Richardson is to just draft another defensive tackle. I think he cut Richardson thinking maybe his production wasn't fitting up to the uh, standard of what we were paying him, you know, that $11 million, even more. And I, I think he thinks we have less money on that line that can produce just as much. So I don't think that's what his idea was. I think he's still going to, you know, go for the best player available for our team, which would right now to me, I'm, it's looking more and more like a wide receiver, man. It really is. And I yeah. really, I see more and more mock drafts coming out saying Browns might just target a wide receiver at 26. And I see more pages saying Browns might target a wide receiver at 26. And we got roasted on Twitter for even talking about it before any of this stuff started coming down. I mean, look, who's laughing now? Yeah, man. I I mean, it's kind of crazy how all that works. And when you are in a position like the Browns are, I I, I do think that, again, corner is the biggest need right now. We're still, but I I still think we can, I still think Andrew Barry and I still think Andrew Barry is going to try to address corner before the draft, Mm -hmm. even though we're a week away. I still think Andrew Barry is still going to try to address corner before the draft, and if he doesn't, I think it's just up for grabs, corner or wide receiver. But go on, man. My bad for interrupting. No, no, no you're fine. I Bateman, again, if he's there, you take him. Another receiver to. that I've seen mocked to us is Elijah Moore, the wide receiver out of 
Ole Miss. I mean, he's a very he's a short guy. I mean, he's a, he's about five nine, and <clears throat> at this point, he's about one eighty five. But I mean, he has good. He has really good numbers. He can play outside or inside. Again, he's kind of like Rondell Moore in the fact that he's a small guy like that who's very quick. And that's another guy who the Browns they've actually met with Elijah Moore and Rondell Moore. So those are some wow. names to consider. And again, I tell fans this as well when I've talked to them on Twitter is consider if they trade back into the second round, them possibly targeting a receiver there because. Yeah. Let's say they don't feel necessarily comfortable. They don't want to spend a super high, like that 26 pick on Elijah Moore or Rondell Moore. Maybe they want to trade back, get another third-round pick out of that, and draft them at 35, for instance. I mean, that's definitely on the table. If they trade back, I think wide yeah. receiver, unless Bateman's there, wide receiver becomes more realistic to me if they trade back. How would you feel about that? I mean, it, that, let's say that situation happens, but we didn't address cornerback before the draft. How, how do you feel about that decision? I trust Andrew Barry, and yeah, I believe I, if I, that is who the if who is the best player available to the Browns at that point in time, they take him, and I'm completely okay with that. Even if, in some cases, it was an offensive lineman, and I've seen that thrown around a couple times, especially by uh, Benjamin Albright, who hmm. covers the NFL and does a really good job covering the draft. Yeah, he does a great and, job, yeah. And so I would possibly say that. I mean, you could draft a lineman in the second round because they have to plan – for Treader eventually um, leaving the Browns, you're going to have guys who you're going to need backups at that point, and Treader's in his 30s. So, I mean, you got to groom a guy. They like Nick Harris, but he's a guard slash center. He can play both, but why not look at the set? There are some good centers in this draft, so I could see offensive line being addressed there. I wouldn't be upset if they didn't take a corner with their first pick. I do believe it'll be taken within the second to third round at least if they don't take one in the first. But again, yeah. this draft is really deep at corner. And that's what I was about to say. It's a very great draft for cornerback and wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if the Browns feel like they can get someone high on their draft board later on too, then they'll wait and get someone like you said. I I haven't seen offensive line being thrown around as much, and that's probably because of who we have on the starting five on our offensive line. So I think a lot of people are just like, oh, you know, they're they're set there. But when you think depth wise, we struggled with our depth at offensive line last season. We had Kendall Lamb coming in. We had Harris that had to step in, and it, it was tough to watch at some moments, you know? Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's why I could easily see that taking place. Again, I don't mm-hmm. know who it would be, but, I mean, there are going to be some very good, talented offensive linemen there, and if the Browns trade down and get one, it, it, I don't know. I mean, I could see that. I wouldn't be upset. Fans would be. I wouldn't be. Just trust Andrew Barry. The guy knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, I Totally agree. Let's segue into um, some mock draft talk, Tyler. Let's uh, let you take it away. This is your specialty, as always. All right, man. Well, a common name that we've talked about in recent weeks, probably I think every week since we've started doing the mock drafts, linebacker Jamin Davis out of Kentucky. Again, 6'4", 234 pounds. CBS Sports now is doing a mock that has us connected to Jamin Davis. So uh, do you really think that we would go linebacker at 26? I know we talk about going best player available, but with a guy who only has one year starting, he hasn't. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's all he has up to this point. He tested very well, um, run, ran a four, four, and he's very athletic, seems to be very solid in coverage. Is he really a good option at number 26? 26. That's just tough because there could be so many more names there that, I mean, especially fans alone that are like, okay, why do we pass up on, you know, that cornerback or that wide receiver for a linebacker when we're not even going to be playing as many linebackers on the field this year? So I think if he's athletic enough, the Browns might look into it. But I really feel like linebacker we're going to address later on in the draft. Yeah, so, I mean, I would say that as well because and – and I don't even know if we even address linebacker. If we do, I, I believe it would be later. But I could see us not even addressing it at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, because yeah, they have some young guys there they like. And I really feel like that's why we went out and got Anthony Walker, just a leader in the locker room. He's probably going to be that one linebacker that we have on the field anyways. We got, you know, Sione Takitaki, who's very young, Jacob Phillips, who I left out last week, so I apologize to him when I was talking about our linebackers. And, you know, I, I, really, I really do think that the youth, the youth movement in our linebacker room is good with – you know, the Anthony Walker leading the leading the pack. So I, I think we're decent at linebacker. I think we're better than we were last year at linebacker. 
So, yeah, Pete, what do you think about possibly taking a linebacker that early in the draft? I think that if there's somebody, if there's somebody there at twenty at twenty six at twenty six that they that that you really like, then go ahead and grab him. But I, but I'm not really sure what the, what the Browns, you know, what the Browns prioritize the most going into the draft. I mean, what do you think? The Bra- I mean, do you think the Browns prioritize linebacker um, up there at twenty six, or do you think there's an- another position where they go, "Damn, we we really need to get this position at twenty six, You know. Yeah, and, that, and that's that's kind of what you know. The point I was trying to hit on was yep. I think fans alone are going to look just like that, Pete. Like you know, wow, we could have addressed cornerback here if we don't before the draft or. Wow, like Rashard Bateman was there. Why did we take Jamon Davis, you know? So that's what I'm getting at. Like, no doubt Davis can play and JOK can play, but I feel like there are going to be way more, way more talent that can be useful to us, like off the bat, than a a linebacker right now. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. If JOK is there, though, Please take him. <laughs> that that's the one guy I want the Browns to take. He's one of the most athletic players I've seen play in a very long time. He's that safety linebacker hybrid. Like I, I just love I love that guy. He's a he's a raw talent. And I know you're gonna get into him next, Tyler. So go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and re- real quick, I just want to hit on something about Jamin Davis real quick that I find very interesting. Mm-hmm. Is that the Browns have met with Jamin Davis? Oh, they, I didn't so, even know that. Yeah, the Browns have met with Jamin Davis. I don't know if that's maybe why he's connected to us as much as he is, but I feel like maybe if he is there at 26, that the that uh, Andrew Barry shocks us all and takes him. And I say shocks us all because we've seen this offseason, last offseason when Andrew Barry was in charge, linebacker really is not a position the Browns seem to value very highly. I mean, they let Joe Sher- Schobert go, who was considered mm-hmm. our best tackler, and Honestly, he was a very good player for the Browns. They didn't want to pay him, and that's and I can definitely understand not spending a lot of money on a linebacker. But in this case, you're spending a high draft pick on a linebacker. So, I mean, again, that's why I just it's going to be curious to see if Andrew Barry wants to actually go through with that or not. But yeah, man, the next pick is probably the most exciting one I've seen so far mocked to us: uh, safety slash linebacker Jermaine Owusu Kamara. 6'1", 215 pounds out of Notre Dame. Uh, To give you some information here, just about what kind of player he really is, his alignment over the last two seasons, he played on the defensive line 195 times, snaps. In the box, 433. In the slot, 680. I mean... This is a guy that you seriously can line up everywhere on the field. Yeah. The, the, the thing I'll say about him, you draft a guy like this, you better have a game plan right away of how you're going to use him and not try mm-hmm. and te- put him in one position. Because yeah. once you do that, that's how guys like this, that you're kind of wasting a pick at that point. Who, because who's, you got to let the, player you gotta let the guy. Drafted? Uh, Isaiah they, Simmons. Yes. Yes. They, they kind of they held him back, in my opinion. They haven't so. used him the way he needs to be used. He actually, mm-hmm. I don't think, really started a game for him this season. So, I mean, Insane. give me give me your thoughts about JOK at number 26. You guys know my thoughts. Take the dude. The dude The dude is I, – I, I, do you think he's going to be there at 26, Tyler? I'm shocked if he is there. I just can't see any scenario where he would drop that far. Now – Again, I didn't think last year Isaiah Simmons would have fallen to number eight, I believe it was, to Arizona at that point because of just that versatility. And Isaiah Simmons is, was actually considered a much better prospect at that point. So I would definitely be surprised if JOK was there. But again, I agree with you. If he's there, you have to take him. And the mm-hmm. Browns have met with him. Yes, I love hearing that. Pete, what do you think about adding a guy like that on the defense? A guy that you can pretty much put anywhere on the defense. He's certainly a versatile player. I've 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 looked I've looked at some of his film, not probably not as much as um, as as you have, uh, Tyler, because I I think he would complement tremendously what what we are what we already have. Is there any downside to him that that you can think of? I was trying to. Th- Trying to think of some downside to not doing it, not picking him in terms of devil's advocate here. There is, I mean, again, it's just the one downside is you got to hope Joe Woods knows what he's doing 
and using him because again, if you put him in one position, that's just not a smart move. That's not what you do with guys like that. You need guys like that so you can put them everywhere and create mismatches for you on defense. That's what he provides. I saw a highlight the other day. This guy is just amazing in coverage. That's not what a linebacker linebackers aren't normally. That's where mm-hmm. the safety part of him comes out and playing in the slot. He can do that. And that's what's incredible. You just don't see guys like him that can do all that. And you can put him on the line. We talk about putting Clowney inside and Garrett inside, Tack McKinley, and then if you get a rookie defensive end, you could put JOK on the defensive end for a couple plays a game and give a look that way. Or you can even put him at defensive end and drop him back into coverage off of that. Exactly. There is so much you can do. A spy. A nice little spy on even like on Lamar Jackson. Like, think of what that does to the rest of the league. It adds a whole other dimension that this defense lacks. But again, let me reiterate here I truly do not expect him to be there at number 26. That's more of a dream. I feel like I feel like if the Browns do trade up, why not try and trade up for him? If 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 you really want him, if he's your guy, why not try? I know it's very unlikely, and I'm not gonna put all my hope into this, but why not try? You know, mm-hmm. I think again it comes down to what range that the Browns would be willing to trade up to at that point. I've seen him mock to uh, Washington, which I think Damn. would be a very that'd be a very good fit for him. I mean, you guys know that defense. Oh my gosh. I mean, so that's why I, I think that would be a really good pick for them. And they have him going. That's number 19 in the draft, 19th pick in the draft. But again, Washington could also trade up for a quarterback. So, again, there's different avenues there that they could go. But, yeah, I don't think JOK would be there. And I agree with you. If at a certain point he is, I would trade up for him. There's not yeah. a, it wouldn't cost a whole lot depending on how far you got to go. And you're adding a piece to the defense that, quite frankly, I don't know how you game plan for if you can put him everywhere. Mm-hmm. It just creates such a mismatch for you. Yeah. And uh, this is from Cleveland.com, and obviously I've had him mock to us in my mock drafts as well. Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback, Florida State, 5'10", 184 pounds. I just watch more film with this guy, and I love the kid. I really do. He's not built – like, he's not the physical specimen that um, Afedi Malafanu is out of Syracuse or Greg Newsom. This is just a guy who – He's about like Denzel Ward, sticky in coverage. He can play inside and outside. Some people don't believe he can play outside, but the, the kid can. He can do both. Yeah. And I, I would love to have him on this team. He's been really quiet in the draft process on where he could actually land as far as first or second round. So, But he's been mocked to us a lot at number 26. What are your thoughts again on him? I, I fell in love with him. I like him. It's just like you said, he's not like that physical guy that – you know, I'm expecting us to take a cornerback. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I just, if the Browns take him, they have to see something instant out of him, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, w- I would agree with that. Whoever you're taking at cornerback is probably going to start. Mm-hmm. M- more, I mean, they should be able to start if you're taking a cornerback that early. But again, he's not like Melifonu. He's not 6'3", 213 yeah. pounds. Yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. Newsome. He's not 6'1", 190. He's not... He's not Caleb Farley, 6'2", 207 pounds. So, again, it just depends really what you're looking for out of corner. But, again, he can guard it. He can match up with anybody inside or outside. He just lacks that height like Denzel Ward lacks. So if the Browns decide they want to go with a similar Denzel Ward type or if they want to go for a bigger guy. Personally, for me, if Caleb Farley somehow is there at 26, I would sprint up to the board and draft him right away. Yeah, I love he does Farley. have injury concerns, but supposedly that back has been cleared. He's been invited to the draft, by the way. So guys don't just get invited to the draft if there's a big time concern like that. Mm-hmm. So he's probably good to go. And again, it's going to be really fun to see what they decide to do at corner, because that's that's a big question mark. Not just if we draft a corner or when, what type of cornerback are we drafting? Is it similar to Denzel Ward or is it the complete opposite of Denzel Ward? to really help make the defense game plan for another option that the Browns could throw at them. Gosh, we have so much possibility just from this draft alone. Yeah, man. I mean, that's what, and I haven't talked about him a lot because, frankly, he hasn't been mocked to us really at any point. If Eddie Malfonwa out of Syracuse is 6'3", 213 pounds, and personally for me, if we're going to get a cornerback, I, I, I would really love him to go, yeah. up against, to go up against the Steelers' wide receivers. 
I mean, I just think that'd be really fun to watch. And he's huge. I mean, the guy's yeah. just a physical specimen that you would have opposite of Denzel Ward, which I think this defense really lacks that at corner. I, I really just at this point, yeah, because you don't also that. know where you're getting out of Greedy Williams. That that's the one thing that worries me is greedy, and that's the one reason why I think we need to address cornerback either before or during the draft. One that I actually saw mocked to us. This was a, kind of a new one that I haven't seen mocked to the Browns. This is Jalen Phillips, defensive end out of Miami. He is 6'5", 266 pounds, and he had eight sacks last season. He's considered the top pass rusher in the draft based off talent. Now, the thing that's a big question mark for him is the concussion history. He started off at UCLA. That's where he began his career. He transferred out of uh, UCLA to Miami, but he actually in 2019 briefly retired from football due to concussions. And then he came back to Miami after he came to Miami after uh, Gregory Rousseau opted out this past season and then had a great season. The Browns have met with Jalen Phillips the guy is one of the most talented players in the draft. He really is. How would you feel about taking a guy like that, number 26, given he could be one or two hits away from his career being over? That's the reason why teams aren't going to take him, and that's the reason why he probably hasn't been mocked to us alone because, one, we don't we don't really need to really address defensive end, in my opinion. Do you, do you feel the same way? Again, I could see them going at 26, and I wouldn't be upset with it, especially if Ojolari is there, which I don't think he will be. But even if they went um, Jason away out of uh, Penn State, who apparently Ian Rappaport said has been getting a lot of buzz lately from draft mm. from uh, teams wanting to take him. Again, he's a guy with zero sacks, but you just look at the athletic traits and you compare him to Daniil Hunter from the Vikings, who's now an All-Pro. They're very sim- very similar players, especially with the amount of production they had coming out of college. So with Jalen Phillips. I really like Jalen Phillips. I do. I think he's a really good player, but it's just so much of a risk to take him at number 26. And the reason you haven't seen us really mock to him at 26 is because they have him going in the mid teens. Oh, wow. Yeah. They have him going very high. Hmm. So Pete, I mean, what do you, what do you think about that? You're adding a guy who is, could seriously be one of the best players in this draft talent wise in Jalen Phillips, but you know, the injury risks that come with him at number 26, is he worth that pick? given the risk i i don't think so to be honest i mean i i i mean i understand i mean it's tough i mean it's tough predicting injury stuff in football in general i mean it's it's the most it's obviously the most physical game it's 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 the um you know it's the it's the game with the shortest average career the average nfl career is you know like what three and a half years um jeez uh I believe, um, so, so with any, <laughs> so to a certain extent, no matter who you take, uh, there's there's always a gamble in terms of shortness of career that that just comes with playing football. But I I do I do think I do think that an injury um, that a guy with an injury history like that probably shouldn't go at 26. Yeah, that's definitely a fair assessment. And, again, if the Browns took him at 26, I'm going to trust Andrew Barry. Again, they're given medicals that we're not given. They're given mm-hmm. all the top medicals on Caleb Farley, Jalen Phillips, the guy who com- the guys who come in with pretty much the biggest injury risks in this draft. The Browns have met with Jalen Phillips. So, again, that's and, something and else to monitor. And on top of that, Tyler, to feed off of that point, our training staff alone is amazing. So... I, I really do think that if the Browns do take him, they they know what they can do to keep him here long-term, health-wise. And another thing I wanted to add is I wouldn't be upset if we went defensive end because, I mean, if you're looking at it from, you know, an aspect of who we have on the field this year, yeah, like, okay, we got Clowney, we got Tack, like we got the people to play. But if you're looking for the years after that, we might not have Tack. We might not have Clowney. So obviously the Browns are going to have to address defensive end again eventually. Yeah, and that, and that's exactly the point. That's why if they went the end at 26, to me it makes sense. People, mm-hmm. I feel like, would question that. But as fans, we don't. once a move's made, I feel like we don't necessarily see – we don't look at the bigger picture. We're yes, looking more exactly. at what's happening right now. We're not seeing the bigger picture. And that's why we get a lot of uh, – messages that we do on Twitter and a lot of back and forth on there because of the fact that we're seeing the big picture. 
And when you cover a team like this, you have to do that because that's how the team is seeing this as well. Not just like, well, we got this guy for a year and then we'll revisit the we'll revisit the position next season. You can't you can't go in with a mindset like that. And again, if there's a as far as defensive end, I'm really intrigued uh, by Phillips if they went with him, even though it's a risk. Jason away out of Penn State, I really like. Uh, when you guys have some time, I would look up some highlights of him. Again, he doesn't have a lot of sacks, but he runs a four <laughs> a four three six forty. I mean, the guy's just he's one of those athletes at defensive end you don't see, and you put him on the other side of Miles Garrett after you let him learn. Um, from Clowney and Garrett, it could be very, very fun to watch. Yeah, guys, that's the mock draft roundup for this week. A lot of very intriguing names mocked to the Browns. And with us yep. being about a week away, when we record next week or when if or if it's later in the week, really curious to see once we get in the later portions, if we have any different names. We've kind of had, as you can see, some of the same names mocked to us recently. So that's yeah, kind of interesting to monitor if maybe there's something behind that. Or if really it is just a shot in the dark at yeah. this point. Because, <laughs> I mean, I mean, the only picks that we know are dead set are probably the first four in the draft. So I don't even, I don't even know if we know if the first four are set. Yeah. First three. I mean, first three, yeah. And even then, at three, it, the betting odds are back in favor of Justin Fields going to San Francisco, as they should be. Yeah, I mean, that's – come on. Now, I will come say on. there was an come interesting – Come on, Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> there was an interesting caveat to that, though. Trey Lance had his second war- second pro day today at North Dakota State. The 49ers basically ran that workout. So yeah. I mean, I, I think the I don't know what to think right now. I think the 49ers just, just they just want an athletic, strong arm quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they need for a, a Kyle Shanahan offense. So Mac Jones isn't your answer, Kyle Shanahan. He is not your answer. No, and supposedly. Ben Albright on Twitter actually addressed Mac Jones. Um, apparently, there's some character issues with him. Yeah, he didn't, yeah. He didn't come out and directly say what they were, but he said there are some issues that teams have looked into with him. So I'm curious to see if maybe he slides after people said, "Well, he could go number. Th- he'll go number three. So that's something else to watch, especially uh, next week. Now, the NFL news tracker. There were a couple. Uh, news headlines the last couple days here and the big one today though is Alex Smith has announced his retirement from the NFL he had quite a comeback um, from one of the most serious knee injuries that any player can sustain to even come back and be able to play again in the NFL is quite an accomplishment for Alex Smith Alex Smith man what a career he had huh and alone I mean to, to come back from that Brutal, brutal, brutal injury that he had. No other quarterback would have came back, let alone came back and led their team to the playoffs. Bravo to him, man. Pete, how do you feel about Alex Smith? I know he's probably one of those guys that you just love to talk about, huh? I mean, I mean, coming back from a, from an injury like that, yeah, that's 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 a guy that that's a guy that you want to root for. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, um, obviously, I, I hope you know. Uh, if, you know, uh, playing playing against the Browns. You know, if he plays against the Browns, I hope he, I hope he doesn't do well. But but other than that, I mean, I I, I root for a guy like that definitely. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, and there because because there are a lot of guys, especially in this league, that don't come back from uh, injuries. And you know, the NFL stands for not for long for a reason, right? So uh, <laughs> you know, so um, I. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, this this is this is a, this is a physical game with the with short careers. So, yeah. Um, uh, so to see somebody come back from an injury, um, which you don't see all that often in this game because of how short careers generally are. Again, I think the average NFL career um, is about three and a half years. I could be I I could be wrong. I'm, obviously, it depends on position. That that might be running back or or something i forget but but i but yeah any anytime you see in the nfl a guy come back from injury you you root for that guy as long as he doesn't destroy the browns i'm going to root for him yeah yeah, yeah. i yeah, that. I mean, he, he really really a uh, very solid player in his nfl career and again the fact that he even came back from that injury is just truly remarkable he's definitely going to be a player that was missing the nfl he had a very good career 
and definitely wish him all the best in his retirement. Would love to see him as an announcer. I bet he could. I bet he ends up doing that. And I have also seen some things where Alex Smith was linked to, you know, gave some interviews to being a coach, whether that be a quarterback coach or something. But I mean, either way, you know, players like that they they earn careers outside of the NFL. So like Drew Brees, Alex Smith, you know, I hope the best for them both, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely been an off season with some. Pretty uh, big retirement news. And yeah. This is another one. And I, I thought he was going to try and play one more season, Alex Smith. But I think this is a smart decision. There's no need to risk any other injury. He was able to show people he could come back from an injury that people said he'd never be able to play again. So mm-hmm. I think that's just really impressive in itself. Um, a couple signing, well, one signing to mention here. The Bears signed wide receiver Mark Marquise Goodwin. He is a speed threat, a guy that has always been very good in his NFL career, just stretching the field. So definitely a good signing for the Bears. And obviously we covered it earlier pretty extensively, the Browns releasing Sheldon Richardson and the possibility he could come back to Cleveland, depending on uh, what contracts are out there for him. We didn't really talk about this, but a team to watch for Sheldon Richardson could possibly be Dallas. Ooh. I think that they could use a defensive tackle. Again, I just don't know how much money they have in cap space to be able to afford what he would want. But if they could structure the deal, kind of like how the Browns structured the Clowney deal, maybe that is a possibility is him going to Dallas. So just mm-hmm. something to watch there. I don't have any other uh, possible teams, but um, two guys that the Raiders waived this past week, defensive end Arden Key and D-tackle Maurice Hurst. So Hurst is a guy that the Browns could be interested in. That's what I was going to say. That That's something we failed to bring up in the first segment of the show. So Hurst... May, might be a reason because this happened before we released Sheldon Richardson too, right? I, th- I believe it happened around just yeah. the same time, maybe a day before. Yeah. yeah, I thought I thought it was like a day before, but I mean, maybe Andrew Barry has his eyes on someone else. So who knows, man? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, again, Hurst could be an interesting option. He's a younger player. He's been a very solid rotational piece for the Raiders. It would just come down to, obviously, price. The Browns could have put a waiver claim in on him, but they didn't. So maybe, and they could have just taken the rest of his salary, which is on a rookie deal, I believe. So it wouldn't have been too bad for him. Yeah. Again, maybe they just weren't comfortable, or maybe they just feel comfortable with what they have right now and what they could possibly add in the draft. Again, Mm -hmm. they could be um, saving it for Richardson coming back. Again, we're not saying that's happening, but it's always a possibility. And. The last bit of news here that I think we need to discuss a little bit here and get some opinions on. NFL players, majority of teams are not doing in-person OTAs that are starting this week. Obviously, we know um, the vaccine is out there. We know the protocols the NFL has in place. How do you guys feel about that? Do you think that players could be doing OTAs right now or should be doing OTAs in person right now? Because this is definitely going to affect new rookies that are being drafted. So what do you you guys really think about that going on right now? I mean – if I if I can go first, I mean I I, th- I mean I think it's pretty ridiculous, especially with the especially now that now that the vaccine is so available. I mean at some point you gotta. I mean I I understood taking some precautions for a while, but you really gotta start getting back to you know doing things nor- normally and and I'm sorry you can't. You can't convince me that that doing that doing an OTA, you know, that that doing an OTA, you know, a, a, an off season uh, workout, you know, some off season uh, training is going to be, uh, you know, is going to be a health risk to, you know, twenty uh, tw- uh, somethings, you know, uh, playing football. I mean, you know, you, you know, when it comes to COVID, I mean, I just, I, I think at some point we get we got to get back to, you know living living you know pretty darn normally and i don't see why 20 somethings playing football can't have um you know can't have off you know off season programs and another thing that i wanted to feed off of there Pete was you know I, a big thing i saw was player safety in general so like concussions all that stuff so like i i know that a lot of players are talking like you know it was less wear and tear on their bodies and you know going into another a season where we're having an extra game now you know, leading into the playoffs and everything. So 
that might be it. I know COVID is the main thing that they're focused on and all of that, but I, I really think that this is an all-around player safety thing that they're going to start looking at for the future as well, not just this season. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I think when it comes down to that, I could definitely, I definitely get what you're saying there as far as trying to eliminate like concussions and things like that. Obviously, COVID is the main focus. I guess my thinking with OTAs, obviously, they've never really been mandatory mm-hmm. in the CBA agreement. I think what they still should have, though, is the rookie mini camp. I just feel like that's very valuable for these new guys coming into the NFL. If you want to still do virtual offseason, then be my guest. I mean, I, I can definitely understand that, but at least for the rookies, man, let them get that experience in the NFL. Don't have it start off for them virtually. I just don't feel like that really is solving anything, and that just makes it a lot more difficult on them. Yeah, I agree. And if it's if our off season, virtual off season, that is is as successful as last year's, then Browns are going to do fine. And and, and so. we actually have one last piece of uh, NFL news here. Yeah. Stephen Jones is saying that the Cowboys are drawing interest from teams for the number 10 overall pick in the draft. Would you guys hmm. want to trade out as high as number 10? Are. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'd do it. I mean, you because give up, you, give up. You would give up your first round pick next year? <sighs> That's tough. Because, here, thank because God you, have to talk, you have to think about it from Andrew Perry's point of view. Thank God I'm not him. That's all I got to say. If it got me Patrick Sertain Jr., I would probably do it, even though it would cost me a lot. <laughs> yeah, because you got to think a number. The number ten pick is. Oh man, that's that's so. I I don't know if the Browns are going to be one of those teams inquiring. They won't. Be. But yeah, I. That's <laughs> well. Just the, you know what? That, I'm actually going to disagree. They'll inquire, but it'll be too much. I, yeah, I think Andrew Barry. I think Andrew Barry explores every opportunity to move up. It's just going to be too much. If that if there's a deal on the table, as far as like let's say Philly at number twelve, they want to move down because they are in a rebuild period and they want to acquire more picks. See what Philly wants. I think Andrew mm-hmm. Barry will explore options because he does that with every potential player that comes on the market, and anytime a situation like this arises. So I definitely think I, I think they'll inquire about it. I just don't think they'll actually end up doing it. Yeah, I don't think so, man. Yeah. So and that will round up round uh, round us out with the NFL news tracker for this week. And obviously, we are about one week away from the NFL draft in Cleveland, Ohio. I am so pumped, man. So I do kind of want to add something to that because obviously. Pete and Tyler and me, we've been working because and talking about possibly doing a live show for the draft. If if everything plays out the way you know we're hoping for, uh, I think it would be a great way to interact with you guys. You know, I know you guys are definitely going to want to watch the live draft in Cleveland, and um, majority of you guys are going to be down there in Cleveland, and I do not blame you at all. But we, you know, if you guys just tune in, give us some love. You know, interact with us a little bit. That's all we ask. You know, we're just looking for your support in and out, just like you guys have been doing since we started this podcast. So, Tyler, you want to feed off that? Give your uh, your takes on it. And- yeah, guys. So, again, doing a live show would really be a blast for us. This would be something that we haven't done before. And really just talking about the draft throughout the night with you guys. Hopefully you guys will send us questions that we can answer while we're on the air. But what we're going to have in the background, obviously, we're going to have the picks being announced. So obviously yes. you guys can hear that just as if you were watching it on TV because um, mm-hmm. we're going to be watching it as well. But we're also going to be doing a live show. So it's we're just not, something. Yeah. We're, f- yep. Sorry. Yeah. We're not ta- we're not taking we're not taking any analysis from the TV. It'll it'll just be picks and then it'll be us. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be. And then we're going to really talk about go in depth on possible trades that we could see. And what I'll have, we'll have up um, our Twitter, obviously, in case any trades break down, like um, break down before they get on TV. So we're going to announce things like that to you guys. It's just going to be a fun time for us to really talk the draft with you guys. And the fact that it's in Cleveland this year, it just makes us all a lot more special. So if yeah. everything works out, we really hope we're able to do this for you guys. Yep. It would just be a fun opportunity. And we really hope it's something you guys would enjoy. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we can we can we can make it work. We have a few uh 
a few details to still work out, but 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 from a technical standpoint, we can certainly make it work. Yep, we're gonna try our best. Um, as always, don't forget to f- follow us on Twitter at FD Podcast CLE. Feeling Dangerous Podcast. Uh, we love all the support. We love interacting with you guys every single day. Don't forget to check out our website, feelingdangerouspodcast.com. Tyler has his mock drafts going up over there. We're going to start writing some articles for you guys, maybe get some of you guys even involved on that website. Merch is going to be coming out very soon. We're going to hope to get that out before August. You know, we're working on it. We, we want this to be a very special drop. And uh, do you guys got anything else you want to add before I uh, take us out of here? Nope. Uh, nope. That's about it. I mean, we're looking forward to the, uh, as we mentioned, we're looking forward to the possibility of a live show and oh and i'm 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 working i'm working that out on a tech on a technical side and hopefully we can something else that uh we need to mention obviously is be sure to subscribe to the podcast on yes yes. podcasts on spotify and on twitter um be again be sure to follow us we're gonna have polls posted daily for you guys to kind of interact with different draft scenarios the browns could possibly Mm -hmm. take part in whether that be players trade up trade down things like that also um it's been a lot busier for me personally so i'm going to be doing mock draft simulators and putting them on our twitter page let me know what you guys think of uh the potential brown selections i pick for you guys so again thank Mm -hmm. you guys for all your support it's definitely been a blast uh talking draft these last few weeks Yes, we definitely, definitely appreciate everything you guys do to just support us. Uh, even on Apple Podcasts, give us an honest rating, you know? I mean, a five-star rating because that's the only honest one you can do. So go on there, you know, give us a rating, you know, tell us how you feel about the show. And, you know, we cannot wait for the draft to come up in a week. With that, this is the Feeling Dangerous Podcast, and we will see you soon. Mayfield underneath center, and on first down, a little toss sweep goes to Chubb, and on an end around, they give it to Landry, and he's going to fire down the field into the end zone. Touchdown, Odell Beckham Jr. Around the horn they went. It went from Mayfield to Chubb to Landry, and the old Southpaw fired it down to OBJ in the end zone. His sixth career touchdown against the Cowboys. The star at the 50-yard line with Kareem Hunt, the lone back in the backfield. Three receivers tight off the line to the right. Beckham to the left. Here's Mayfield on a reverse. They're going to give it to Beckham. He's rolling to the right and running. He's up to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, 35, 30. There he goes to the 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, OBJ. He's got a hat trick. What a gutsy call. That's my town where they show you love it. They seen you around. All of my dogs up in the dog pound. Man, I love my tribe, my calves, my browns.